Traveling can be fun and exciting, but what if you find yourself in the hospital far from home? Air MedCare Network's Fly You Home service can transport you to the hospital of your choice in a medically equipped aircraft, and you won't pay a dime out of pocket. Join Fly You Home now for just $159 a year. Visit airmedcarenetwork.com listen and use code listen to receive an e-gift card for up to $100. That's airmedcarenetwork.com listen. He's a four-time tire rotation champion. When he was a baby, his first words were automatic transmission fluid. Bob's so cool, he has engine coolant running through his veins. And then there's Kyle, also known as premium unleaded. Legend has it that Kyle can change your oil with his toes. And that he can tell your tire's air pressure just by how you're walking. He's Bob, he's Kyle, and every Saturday morning they morph together to form the greatest superhero known to man, Mr. Mechanic. Check engine lights don't stand a chance. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB. All right, good morning to you. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show, 1110 KFAB, like they said, 402-558-1110 are the numbers to get in. This is an interactive talk show. We talk about cars, a lot of cars, trucks, tractors, lawnmowers, anything with an engine that turns, I can help you out with it because sooner or later, as everybody knows. It breaks. It breaks. It breaks. That's the one guarantee you get when you buy any machine. It's going to break. It is going to break, especially with this cold and everything else that you got going on. All right. We are Buchanan Service Center. 50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge, guaranteed breaks, 49th Avenue and Dodge. We're on Dodge Street. Don't break down there. We'll, we're here to help you. All right. I'm Kyle. With I'm, me this morning is Justin. Bob's not here today. Yeah, he gave him the day off. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see how it goes. The show must go on, as they say. All right. Busy week. We made it through our first deep freeze cold week. Weeks. I should say two weeks of this. Few weeks. Now we're back into the the thaw. Yeah, the more livable climates. A lot of cars we've seen. We were just talking off the air. A lot of cars didn't make it. No, they didn't survive the last two weeks. Whether it be cooling systems froze up, cracked engine blocks, rear mains blowing out, locking yeah. up motors. I mean, you know, cold weather. Cold weather can be detrimental on a car. Make sure your cooling system is definitely a-okay batteries how many batteries do you do this week? <clears throat> well i can tell you at the start of the week i had more core batteries than i had new batteries to sell <clears throat> we had 38 just in one week <sighs> so i didn't we were running out i stopped counting after well i never started counting <laughs> <laughs> so anyway i mean so bob's not here so yeah i guess Call in with any questions you got. My question for everybody out there, what is your favorite era of cars, whether it be muscle cars, luxury cars, pickup trucks? What do you think the best era out there was? Justin, go ahead. You know. What's your favorite car? Hit me with it. Ford Pinto? Oh, yes. 100%. No. (laughs) For some reason, you know, the the RX-7s or the Mitsubishi Starions, they were interesting looking. What Not a- great cars, but very interesting. What era are we talking? Eh, late 80s. Late 80s. That was about the only thing that good that came out of the 80s. 
Well, other than like a solid truck. Yeah. I mean, Ford had some really good trucks in the 80s. Chevy, you know, they just had two platforms of trucks in the 80s. That's all there was. Did you know in 84 they offered, Ford offered a lifetime uh, rust-free protection for $350? Well, that ain't bad. So you can, uh, if you have a 1984 truck that you originally owned, you have a rust-free truck. There's got to be some statutes to that clause. I had a guy, he's still, to this day, they replace panels and everything. Hmm. But it'd be nice if they offered something like that these days. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see that one ever again. They probably <laughs> they, they that probably ate their lunch on that one. Yes, I agree with that one. <laughs> so, that, one year only, I imagine there's a reason why. You know, and they weren't bad trucks. I mean, they all rotted out. I had an 85 and I mean, great running truck. I mean, the engine was running long before, after the <laughs> body oh, yeah. rotted off of it. Oh yeah, I had 81 351 modified 4-speed. Good Pass truck. everything but a gas station. Yeah. So what's your favorite car, car era, anything like that? Let's talk about that. So anyway, I mean, going back to what we're seeing in the shop, I mean, aside from, you know, the weather killing cars, I mean, just our main things. I've been, I mean, generally the cold can bring on these check engine lights, these warning lights, ABS problems, because your wheels are packed with snow and ice. Oh, yeah, and I mean, the vibrations and everything they come in complaining of. Yeah, I mean, when your wheels get packed with ice and snow like we had in this last two weeks, I mean, you're going to expect wheel vibration. It's just... You're packed full of snow. The nature of the beast. Get packed around the axles, ABS sensors. I mean, there's a lot of variables. A lot of damage. I mean, especially if they get really packed with ice and you start moving, those sensors can break. Oh, yeah. If your wires freeze to the wheel. Pulls it right apart. Yeah, we see... A few of those here and there. I mean, they've kind of gotten good at tucking that stuff away and, you know, securing it as good as it can. But, I mean, these older vehicles, those plastic clips break. And, I mean, who would know? I mean, if everything's working fine. You get the Jeeps that lift them and you got a mile-long cord hanging. Yeah. I mean, the possibility exists just for that to wreak havoc. There's been a couple cars that I've been seeing lately in the last couple months that you know, once in a while we'll get a car that comes in and you've seen it every, you know, seasoned mechanic has seen it. You'll get either a crank, no starter, a no crank, no start. And you plug a monitor into it. Boom. No communication with any module. Yeah. You immediately swallow your spit. Happens been, a lot with ABS. Mm-hmm. Brake modules. I've been seeing this more and more over the last two or three weeks. And... To the point where I've got a specific routine as far as no communication because, you know. Check fuses first. Yeah, yeah. You can look at fuses. and That's then, a great place to start. It's the easiest place to start. And then after that, it gets to become a headache. Well, yes and no. I mean, depending on the manufacturer. I love GM. GM did it so easy. But here is one thing that car manufacturers all do the same now. Everything on every car, whether it's Lamborghini or a Kia Rio, we all have CAN networks. Yep, high-low CAN bus lines. Mm-hmm. All of it's the same. CAN is easy. Yeah. I mean, all it, you got to do is find the problem and usually, unplug it. Usually it's a broken wire. Well, it could or be a, a module. module. So here's what GM does. So 
underneath the dash, if anybody's been underneath the dash of a GM, you have your ALDL connector where you plug in your monitor. Now, somewhere in arm's reach of that, there's going to be a wire pack. Yep. Generally, they're all white wires. Yep. These are the can splices for every module on that car. So I don't have to go and pull consoles out to find these modules. I don't have to tear the car apart. If I want to know which one isn't communicating, I pull that splice pack. I pull one out at a time. I turn the key. Doesn't work. Put it back in. Pull the next one. Turn the key. It starts. Yep. Then I know exactly which module I'm working on because if it doesn't communicate, we're not going to be able to find out. Yeah. Other ones aren't so easy, but... Anyway, let's talk about easy. Let's talk to Larry about a 79 F-150. Go ahead, Larry. You there, Larry? Yeah, hi. <clears throat> yeah, I'm calling for a friend. Okay. He uh, He's buying a truck, and it's advertised with no spark. Okay. What's the first thing we ought to check? On that truck, the ignition module? Very common. Yeah, that would have had a DuraSpark ignition in it. So, I mean, you're... If it has no spark, you know, that's the first thing I'm going to look at. Generally, you can just stare at it, and it's already leaked all its epoxy out there and covered the inner fender in it. Um, Secondly, I'm going to go right to the coil, and then I'm going to find out what I'm missing. Now, a coil should have constant 12 volts to it, and then you have a pickup coil in your distributor, you know, other things like that, your ignition module. It's going to have a flashing ground, and that's what makes your field. So... Go to that coil connector. It's only going to be two wires. And, you know, we just kind of, you can use a test light even and test this. I mean, that truck, I mean, if the truck is in great shape, the price is right. I mean, fixing a no spark issue isn't going to be complicated. And it's not going to be expensive either. I mean, unless, you know, say the timing chain's broken and the camshaft isn't turning the distributor, that would be, you know, a dead end road there where you're, taking the engine apart, figuring out what failed, why this chain broke. Don't see that very often, though, in those motors. No. So you're more or less, you're dealing with a module, a coil, um, a distributor. Just start with your coil, check for spark at your coil. If you don't have spark there, you know you're looking at the module. If you have spark at your coil, go look further down the line, you know, pull the cap, look at that, you know, check, see if you got something coming out of the wire. Just process of elimination of, you know, start at one spot and work your way one way or the other way, and you'll you'll find your problem. Yeah. This is a very easy truck to work on, and, you know, these ignition systems weren't, I mean, weren't if, terribly difficult. Yep. Just don't lick your fingers and grab onto that wire. I'll get you. <laughs> is that uh, ignition module, is that the same thing as the thin film thing, thin film module? The thick film ignition modules were put on a distributor. This would be just a block on the front of the distributor with an electrical connector to it. I think they were five wires, mm-hmm. but it would just be a flat module-looking thing on the front of it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that that would have still been the DuraSpark setup, but I could be wrong. I don't think they were on the fender at 79. I think it was on mm. the distributor. Okay. So. So, yeah, I mean, again, it's... Not a terribly difficult thing to test. Yeah. I mean, just a couple Speci- wires, but go to your coil. Especially if you can spend 10 minutes with it, looking at it, kind of diagnosing before you buy it. Yeah. You know, hopefully you can just quick and easy find a problem. But, I mean, there is, I mean, if it doesn't run, you can't drive it. You don't know what shape the brakes are in. You don't know if the transmission shifts, you know, things like that. I mean, there, there's some gray area there, so. 
You might try and work <laughs> with the guy. Well, thank you, sir. You no bet. Problem. No trouble at all, Larry. Thanks for the call. All right, we're going to take a quick break here on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558 or 1110 are the numbers to get in when we get back. I was driving down a long and dusty road. My car sputtered dead and dropped a heavy load. The tow truck driver said, can I ask you why? Looked at my car, said, why even waste the time? He said, why bother wasting all your cash? And I said, I've fixed everything on this here piece of crap. I've fixed everything, man. I've fixed everything, man. My car's a piece of crap, man. A big POS, man. It's cost me too much cash, man. So I fix everything. I fixed my air compressor, carburetor, anti-theft immobilizer, oil filter, air filter, redefresher, heat sensor, radiator, core condenser, windshield wiper, steering damper, clutch, master cylinder, and catalytic converter, HVAC, timing belt, steering column, brake pads, crankshaft, crankcase, cranky wife, drive shaft. I fixed everything, man. I fixed everything, man. My car's a piece of crap, man. A big POS, man. It's cost me too much cash, man. So I fixed everything. I've worked on ABS, MBG, LED, CNG, ball joints, steering rack, airbag, CPT, fuel pump, ball bearings, dipsticks, spark plugs, kingpin, power steering, CPT, lug nuts, remote starter, powertrain, supercharger, drivetrain, tranny axle, transfer case, water pump, wheelbase. I've fixed everything, man. I've fixed everything, man. My car's a piece of crap, man. A big POS, man. It's cost me too much cash, man. So I fix everything. Oh, I fix Show is brought to you by Buchanan Service Center. Call to schedule your appointment today at 402-393-2722. Union Omaha President Marty Cordero told us the impact of the future soccer stadium downtown, and we talked about your favorite puppets, and it was a lot of fun. Find it all on the Emory Songer podcast page at KFAB.com. All right, we're back. All you automaniacs, this is the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 are the numbers to get in. You got questions? We I'll got come, answers. Well, we'll come up with something. We'll try. Either way, we'll make it sound good. All right. So, Half the thing we do is fly by the seat of our pants as a mechanic. Yeah, there's a lot of truth to that, actually, Justin. I mean, so much of this stuff, we're, I mean, because we're aftermarket. We are not manufacturers of cars. No, we aren't the dealership. So... It's a learning curve for every car. So you've seen it a hundred times or once. These newer cars, you know, even the ones that are out of warranty now. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of Chrysler, you know, some import stuff, Lexus, some Toyota, Mazda, Acura stuff. They do not have to release software to us. No, I've, you know, I've ran a few few of them lately that they don't have to release any kind of information to us at all. Yeah. I mean, there's a two thousand. Or 19 transit that i've been working on i can't get a wiring diagram for any system ford has not released it anywhere Ains yeah. does not have a manual on it there's nothing online so everything that i'm doing i mean and luckily the issue was you know somewhat cut and dry but i mean more and more of these cars are these manufacturers aren't releasing information no they're holding on to let it let alone make them go to the dealer you know we don't have the dealer computers either oh yeah so 
we have limited you, limited information sometimes. So they aren't releasing wiring diagrams. How much software do you think that they're releasing to the aftermarket for our scan tools? Well, I can tell you I worked on a 2022 <clears throat> Toyota, and I put a fuel pump in it, mm -hmm. and I was not able to clear the codes with four different scanners. Nope. So the Altel, the Snap-ons, no, I mean, none of them were – you even disconnect the battery and let it sit for 15 minutes, come nothing. back, it stay on. I mean, there's nothing you can do with it. Nope. And they don't – you know, it's mandated. They do not have to give us that stuff. They're trying to corner their own market, and unfortunately, people just have to go back and see them. Yep. And, I mean, the wait line for these dealerships is growing and growing because of this, because the aftermarket guys, we just can't do anything with them. Now, I mean, imagine having a big issue like the communication issue I just talked about. So, yep. basically, our scan tools in that circumstance of, you know, having no updates, no software, it's a generic tool. It is very generic, and I and, mean, there's a lot of fixes out there with a newer car that can be simply done with a reprogram that... Oh, sure. We can't... I mean, things that you wouldn't even think of. Oh, yeah. The car doesn't run. Okay, well, it's got to be something mechanical. Something isn't reading. No, we just have to reflash it. Yep. They don't and, know these right numbers, and it just it goes into dummy mode, basically. I've been kind of keeping notes on this, and I'm thinking that the dealership is... There's some of their software is just strictly for maintenance. I mean, Chrysler in particular, I'm going to pick on them a little bit because I see more thermostat codes yeah. in the Chrysler 3.6 Pentastar than any other make, model, or anything. And I can tell you that they're all within certain windows of mileage. Does this odometer hit a certain mile and then this computer just kicks us on? Hey, replace your thermostat. I want to protect this aluminum engine. Well, I is mean, that, we're talking about the Pentastar. Um, how many cams you see gone? Because oh, yeah, not just the Pentastar, the Hemi. That, yes. You know, camshafts just eaten alive. Yep. Oil pan that's just full of metal. And, I mean, yeah, these are all problems that any manufacturer can face. But, I mean, I think that they're – how do I word it? They're – Special. Well, yeah, in our own <laughs> right. But they aren't doing anything that anybody else isn't doing. I mean, Chevy, we saw problems with camshafts and lifters with active fuel management, the same as the Hemi's having. Correct. But the Hemi is just having more crucial, and, you know, these engines are not getting them. Everybody's heard a Dodge truck pull up to a stoplight, and it just sounds like a Singer sewing machine. This is what we're talking about. And oh. these lifters are not, you know, like a lifter in an old car, you know, that's just a solid spring Pumps up with oil pressure. We're good. These ones come on and off. On, off, rollers. I mean, they've got... And they're just falling apart and eating up camshafts. But, I mean, some of these things we're only seeing with, you know, 60, 80,000 miles having these issues. Yeah. And... I, we had one, a Jeep with a 80,000 miles, and he was looking to buy it. It already had... It was already ticking. Had the 3.6 Pentastar in it. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, what Jeep's good to go back to? And he's coming from a Jeep with an older Jeep with a 4.0. And is unfortunately, you already have the better version. You know, and you can research this. Uh, I mean, they've, this is a solid issue. I mean, I have customers that have had this particular failure and they change their oil religiously. Yeah, there's a class action and lawsuit with it. So I cannot chalk this up to 
oh, well, you're just slipping on maintenance. This is an actual problem with these parts. And near as I can tell, I mean, I've diagnosed plenty of them. I've fixed plenty of them, but I cannot see that there is a fix, a change in design or anything like that because I think that to change that design, I mean, you would basically scrap that engine and put a different engine in it. 100%. They put them in everything. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But some of them you know, make it through just fine, and I don't know what the secret to it is. I don't know if it's a different manufacturing plant or whatever, like the 5.4 Tritons. I I don't know, but you're right. Half of them make it, half of them don't, and there's no given reason to why the failure's there. So, But, yeah, we definitely see them, and, I mean, the Internet's full of reading on it. Yes. So Every Jeep forum and Dodge forum has a – you know, something like that. But anyway, back to software. I mean, yeah, it's it's getting kind of complicated. I mean, it's only going to get more and more. I mean, we use a few different networks that, you know, mechanics, you know, we have chat rooms and stuff that we get on and we can bounce questions off a few other people, you know, and kind of see. Just think hey. of electric cars and how much communication lines and <clears throat> software you have problems you're going to deal with because that is. Everything's got to Everything. Talk. I mean, everything has to talk. Yep. But I I have yet to plug a scan tool into a 100% EV. I do plenty of hybrids, but I've never EV, networked. all you do is brakes and uh, tires. Yeah, I've never. And you hardly ever do brakes networked on an EV. in EV. I'd be kind of curious about that. Maybe I'll plug in. Seen them catch on fire. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. a, that's a trend these days. Cool. Kind of like the Dodges in the, uh, in the frames. Yep. All right, we're going to take another quick break here on the Mr. Mechanic Show. Give me a call, 558-1110 are the numbers to get in. Be back in a second. All right, we are back. Mr. Mechanic time here Saturday morning. 558-1110 are the numbers to get in. Give me a call. I'll get your car fixed. You bet I will. Speaking of which, let's talk to Dan. Dan's got a Jeep Liberty. Dan, tell me all about it. Hey, um, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah. Um, so I actually called in last week uh, with this problem and got some good advice from you guys, but I'm still working on diagnosing it. So 09 Jeep Liberty, 120,000 miles. Um, it's got a r- rough idle on startup. Mm-hmm. Um, and I initially got an EVAP leak code. That went away now, but now I've been consistently getting a... Uh, Misfire number um, one, right? Yep, yep. I remember um, you. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I did the compression test, um, I did cylinder one, and then I did cylinder four on the other side of the engine, and they both came in right about the same at about 195 PSI. So we so know I'm your engine's that, good? So I'm, yeah, I'm guessing that, that that's not the problem, which is good, but on the bad side, I still got to figure out what's going on. <laughs> and if I remember right, you've done coils, plugs, injectors... Yep, um, I did uh, a purge valve solenoid, um, I did a new PCV valve, um, I even did a new EVAP canister, I was just kind of shotgunning it, mm-hmm. um, and I'm starting to think that maybe, I don't know, if the, maybe a camshaft or crankshaft position sensor might be going bad. Mm-hmm. Or... Well, let's go back to the basics. You Do you have good spark? Can you? Um, as, as far as I know, but how? I guess how would I measure that? Well, you're going to take your ignition coil out of the engine, leave it plugged in, and just leave it hang there. 
And do you have like a test light for electrical circuits? Um, like a multimeter or something? No, or just a test light. Just a cable uh, and probe. Non, oh, no. Non-LED, non no. by the way. Okay. You got a screwdriver then, I'm sure. Yes, sir. Okay. So take your screwdriver, stick it in the end of that coil where that goes on the plug, have somebody start the engine, and just kind of hold onto the handle and hold that metal blade of that screwdriver to ground either the valve cover or anything that's grounded, anything that's metal on that engine pretty much that connects to the block. And you're going to get a spark. You're going to want it to jump about an inch, inch and a half. I'd say, yeah. It's going to be a hot, snapping spark. Yep. Then, if you got that, you know you've got good spark. So next, this, next thing I might test is put a light bulb in the uh, injector. Make yeah. Sure, make sure you have uh, injector pulse. Um, it's a little bit hard to do with a floor, uh, regular light bulb. LED kind of works a little better. Little yeah. Faster, I mean, either way, it can be done. I mean, yep. all you're looking for is a circuit that can hold an amp. Right. But um, so yeah. That's going to be what I'm going to do. First thing, I'm going to jump right to Spark. Can I jump an inch and a half gap, and do I have the hot lightning bolt-looking thing? And so, so if, that wouldn't, if that didn't work, would that, would that be new wires, new ignition wires? Or? It could be your coil. Yeah. It could be your coil. You'd have a coil issue. Um, you could have a computer issue. So Ooh. from there, let's say you don't have any Spark. So, again, I mean, an ignition coil, I mean, some of these are three and four wires. I'm not particularly sure on this, but there's two main control wires on every ignition coil. There's going to be a constant 12 volts, mm -hmm. and then there's going to be a ground side that's going to flash. And mm -hmm. that's what makes your, your field is constant 12 volts and a flashing ground. And every coil is exactly the same. They all work. Yep. Inspector connector is really good. Make sure you didn't pull a wire out, kind of. Sometimes you can just wiggle the connector. The wire's right at the connector. And so. But yeah, I would go there and then again, you know, let's test our control circuits, you know, our coil, like we talked about, and then also our fuel injector, like Justin talked about. And, you know, testing a fuel injector, you're testing what we call NOID. That's a flashing light from the computer to that injector that tells it to open and close. Yep. If you so, got light, you're getting power and ground. I mean, you can go to any parts store and get a Noid light set, and it'll be like five or six of them because there isn't that many different ones, and you just plug this light bulb into the connector yep. and start your car. If it's flashing, you're good. Um, and these kits are very inexpensive. I think I gave eight bucks for mine at O'Reilly's. They are not expensive. Nope. Amazon. And Amazon's your friend. Again, I mean, going back to that, I mean, spark and fuel injection pulse, both of those are going to come from the computer. Now, you had mentioned crank and cam sensor. Could those be an issue? Um, sure, but generally we see a code corresponding to them. Yeah. And do you, I take it you're plugging a computer into this to check your codes or maybe look at some data. Is that true? Yeah, if I got a, a Nova 50, 5610. Okay. Um, so does that one I have a version of Innova but does that one offer a data stream at all yep it's got a lot of data mm -hmm. okay so I mean you should be able to look at your crank and cam sensor counts and I mean basically it's something that's either going to work or it's not so if mm -hmm. you're getting any kind of reading you know I 
I wouldn't suspect. I'd say your safe, safe bets in correlation yeah. at that point. Because normally when one of those that go bad, you would. On a Dodge, if it's either usually good or bad. It's going to take it, out more than one cylinder. I'll put yeah, it that way. Exactly. Um, another thing I noticed, which I don't know if it related, but when I was replacing the fuel injectors, I noticed that the connectors, um, the connectors were really all gunked up with, I mean, it looked like oil or something, but I, I don't know how it would have gotten in there. Mm, is, it, is that connector one of your, or your uh, number one, your problem child? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, also if if you do, they're cheap, and all you're all you're doing is splicing them in. If you're really worried about it, um, you can clean connectors out. They have an electrical cleaner. I mean, if there's any kind of liquid in there, that could cause a breakdown. I mean, oil. I mean, these wires are wrapped with rubber casings. I mean, that oil is going to expand there. I mean, your connector could break inside. And, and short across each other, let alone, you know, if there's Current's any, not flowing through oil, the any moisture, you could also create corrosion. So, I mean, again, those are some things to maybe look at. But let's start with your basics. Do you have good spark? Do you have good injector pulse? That's where I'm going to start with this one for you. And just because your coil's new, always you can always swap it with another coil, cheap and easy. Mm-hmm. Just because new doesn't mean it's it works. Yep. <laughs> Copy that. I will do that. Thank you very much for your advice. All right. Thanks for the call, Dan. All right. We're going to take a quick break here on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 are the numbers to get in. Back in a minute. All right. We are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 are the numbers to get in. I'm going to jump right back into the calls. Let's go to John with the 2020 RAV4 Hybrid. John, what do you got for me? Well, I got a question. Uh, I have a the, the 2020 uh, RAV4 Hybrid. It runs absolutely perfect no problems goes down the road but it's been in the shop nine times now Mm. for the same thing it i get in it go to start it and it says put in park hybrid system has shut down well it's in park i rattle it around shift it out of park put it back in park rattle the key ignition it won't go it don't go I slammed the door on the car, and the light goes, that uh, message goes off, and the car starts. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it goes along, and uh, sometimes that slamming don't help. i got to do it for quite a few times. Now, a new problem, <clears throat> it went down last time with this in August. Toyota said they'd never heard of this. They mm-hmm. brought their engineers out couldn't believe i was doing it so i videoed it and i took pictures of my of my uh message on my dash and they went back and looked at the details yeah it was taken yesterday and yeah, yeah and everything they finally came up and they found it in the mode now they believe me that i'm real okay and so now my question is to you is yesterday i'm going down q street and I hit a little bit of a bump, but I went over the top of the Papio Crick down, and it died. And I was trying to take a picture of it. People were honking from been trying to get me to go. And then I got up about on the block. It died again. Now my wife don't want to get in the car to go down the highway. She thinks we're going to die on the road, and we'll be shaking shifters and get ass ended. Mm-hmm. So my question is, I told, called, the, and I got a case number with headquarters 
internal, they see all these things in there, and they're going to have a task manager call me on Monday. Okay. I told him I want a different car. I'll pay for what I've used on this car. What is my chances? What's the lemon law as far as them accepting? Have you heard being in the car industry as long as you have? Uh, that they'll take the car back and give me a different car, and if I pay the difference, what do you think my chance of fighting this issue? Mm, well, you definitely have a case. You have proved it, and they have verified it. Um, Especially if they can't fix the problem. Yeah, if they can't fix the problem. This is a new car. It's not like you bought this thing used. I mean, now the no, used no, market, no. the lemon law is a little more loose, but the new market, I think that they aren't going to want this kind of PR and that their sales department's going to probably work, work with, with you. work with you, I would say. I mean, but, um, but, I don't uh, even know, do we have a lemon law in Nebraska? I believe that there is something in place, but I cannot tell you all the details on it. Okay. Um, I just thought maybe passing people that I've, I've tried listening to show every week righteously, but I have before two years ago, I didn't listen to that much, and I thought maybe I've heard not heard something that the uh, there's a lemon law that that I, I can go back on. They're going to call me, sure. And they gave me they, the last time they had it in. They gave me a a twenty twenty four uh, this Max V, their their highest performing. I didn't know believe they'd do this. They gave me a brand new Toyota Tundra. Okay. With zero miles, and I drove it for two weeks, Did and they it? kept it. <laughs> and the manager drove it back and forth from work. He says the end of the arm it was a selector end, and they had to order it in because they don't stock those in any mm-hmm. anywhere other than what they need for their cars. So I waited two weeks. They put it in. The task force came into Omaha from their factory and says that has to be it. And now it's doing it again. Now it's doing it when I'm driving. Have you owned this car since brand new? Brand new. Brand sure. new. So, I mean, at that point, if they can't fix the problem and they're not able to, like, to me, it almost sounds like you have some sort of connection loose. It's losing communication somehow. Like how Kyle was okay. talking earlier, everything needs to communicate. Mm-hmm. If you're slamming a door and going over bumps, that, that tells, tells me a connection. You have a connection issue somewhere. And if they can't find it, at that point, mm-hmm. go back to the dealer that you bought it from or, you know, whoever you've been dealing right. with and be like, if you can't find this problem or make it right, you know, just flat out ask them, what are you willing to do to help me, you know, to make this right? <clears throat> For the most okay. part, I mean, new car dealerships, they don't want any bad PR at all. So they'll work with you. Absolutely. Well, I mean, they're going to. I even told them before, about two times before this happened, I says, I don't know if you've ever heard of this. They show Mr. Mechanic, but I'm going to call them and tell them what Toyota's having for a problem with this hybrid. Don't do that. Don't do that. Sure. They said, just let us try to work it, and let's just keep it low and everything else. I mean, eventually. But now I'm getting tired of it. Now, if it's just time and effort to find it, which in the bottom end equals money. And I can tell you on that particular car, I mean, there's so many modules, and any one of them, that has a bad connection. I'm guessing it's going to be somewhere inside your car, most likely behind the dash, because you're able to slam your door and get it to work. Yeah, you're. Um, that's my big thing. You know, I bet that it's something under there. It's just a matter of pulling that whole dash out and testing every circuit. It's yeah, going to be it's, very it's complicated. Finding, finding the problem. 
They tore the dash out, wiggled everything, went through the whole car for two weeks, kept a mechanic on it. And then they, they told me that, uh, they, before they, they took the car all the way apart because the task force told them that's what it was, mm-hmm. but they wanted to verify everything else. Oh, sure. And, but now, but remember, up till this moment, I didn't tell you this, up to this moment, it always did it when I was stopped. Sitting okay. most of the time, first thing in the morning, it went to start it, and there was nothing there. Mm-hmm. It, it, it came up, hybrid system shut down, must shift to, to P. Okay. So now I got stuck at a Costco pumps once, and that time I was out away from home. This is the first time it stalled. It went while I was under power. Another thing that was crazy is had the key out of the uh, the uh, had the key um, turned on, and hit a mechanic that does look like tow truck company repair. He slammed it back into park and put the slammed it forward. It was in drive. Sure, I'd, I'd say if uh, if it's happening over bumps now, maybe you should. Uh Take it over a few more bumps. Eventually, something's going to break and give, and they might be help them out. So, right. okay. Well, All right, John. Thanks for everything. Yep. All right, Bye. thanks for the Good call. Luck. All right, that wraps up another Saturday of the Mister Mechanic Show. Call in next week four zero two five five eight eleven ten. I'm Kyle. I'm Justin. We'll see you then. This is Chef Mark from Johnny's Italian Steakhouse. One of my favorite dishes to make for our guests pays tribute to Marilyn Monroe, the Chanel No. 5. This dish is truly as decadent as she was, with four cheese ravioli, chunks of lobster, artichokes, sautéed spinach, garlic, sun-dried tomatoes, and shrimp. All these things together create a truly euphoric dish, and I think you'll love eating it as much as I love making it. Johnny's Italian Steakhouse, Village Point Shopping Center, Omaha.